Welcome to Imperfect Action. So glad you're listening today. My name is, of course, Brock Edwards. And today my my guest is uh, Joseph Prabakar. Uh, Joseph, do you mind introducing yourself a little bit and telling us who you are and what you're about? Absolutely. Thank you, Brock. And thank you for having me. And my name is Joseph and Prabakar. And you said it right. And, uh, Excellent. I've been a career IT guy. And uh, that's kind of a, a career moniker that stuck with me, career IT for the longest time possible. Uh, till one day when I woke up and I realized I'm not getting any younger. And uh, it's time that I went ahead and uh, tried out my passion, which was in speaking. I, I love to communicate because one of the very first jobs I had was teaching. And that is where I found the love for speaking and teaching. And so I said, let me go check it out for some time. So I quit my technology job and took up a career in speaking, training, and coaching. I went ahead and got myself certified as an executive coach from the Haas Business School, and I've been coaching as well. So thus far, I've been able to teach or speak in over 110 corporations, mostly across the Bay Area and some across the world as well. So, well, well let me can can I jump in right there, Joseph? Absolutely. So, I, I you know I'm I'm fascinated by this that you say you know career IT guy. One day you wake up, you have this epiphany, and didn't just start, you know, a new hobby or a side hustle, but left your career to go just embark on something totally different. Um, how how did you make that decision? Like, you know, today's the day I leave the old life behind and start the new life. So two things happened. I think that's that's a, that's a great question, Brock. And two things happened. One, I kind of jumped head on. It was it wasn't like I had a huge uh, marketing plan or a business plan ready and then I uh, took a calculated risk. And I realized I'm going to do this, so I took a head-on plunge into this whole business. What I did though was I realized as much as I believe I'm a good speaker, I realized I need to go polish my skills. So over mostly about a 12-month or maybe a 14-month period, I went to the experts in the speaking industry, people who specialize in uh, the, the verbal part of speaking and people who specialize in the non-verbal part of speaking. And I sought their knowledge and experience and I prepared myself before I said, I'm going to go ahead and try this out. So that part is the thing that I did very well, where I sought the knowledge, got the experience from the real people who do it for a living. What I did not do was have a business plan ready or a marketing plan ready and all that stuff. So okay, Pandyatul was head on. So you were still the you're the career IT guy while you were seeking out these experts and really honing Absolutely. your skills. Absolutely, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of what what happened next there? So you said you worked with over a hundred different companies. Um, what? I, let me ask this. So what sets you apart as a speaker? The so what sets me apart as a speaker? Now, if you, if you ask any speaker, they will say, I'm this or I am that. But what really sets a speaker apart is the topic that they choose to speak on. So each one speaks on a certain topic, and that kind of uh, characterizes that person, and that kind of identifies that person. And in my case, what sets me apart is my ability to tell a good story, Brock. I'm a storyteller. So when I talk, I tell stories. I teach storytelling for different audiences. So if I have to sum it up in one word, what sets me apart? It's my ability to tell a good story. All right. So 
Well, let's dive in there. What? Why is that so important? That it, it's important for at multiple levels, Brock. At a very fundamental level, each of us, you, me, everybody else, the guy next door, the girl next door, we are all storytellers. We are genetically wired, programmed to tell a good story. I always ask people, how do you gossip? We don't gossip in numbers. We don't gossip in facts or figures. We gossip in stories. So that is how we are basically wired. It's just that the moment we step into a corporation, we just instinctively lose that skill. So at one level, we are all storytellers, but what we don't know is how to tell a good story. Now, that I'll come to that in a minute, but more fundamentally, we all have a story that keeps playing in our heads all the time, over and over and over. It's a story that we tell ourselves, which either limits us or it boosts us and allows us and encourages us to do some very big things. Now, if you will allow me, I can tell you my own story in a very quick, maybe about a 20-second time frame. Sure. Now, the story that I told myself for the longest time, Joseph, you don't have it to succeed in the corporate world because you don't have an MBA. And that was the story I kept telling myself over and over and over. I mean, that was one of the many stories. I said, you don't have an MBA, so you can't succeed. Look at everybody. They all have an MBA. They're all doing great. So the longer I played that story, the more unsuccessful I was. A point in time came where I said, you know what? I'm just going to remove that story from my head, replace it with a new story. And the new story was, I am going to succeed as I am. I don't need anything else to add glory or any any importance to me. I'm just going to succeed as is. I had to take out my old story, put in a new story, and that is when things started to change for me. And that is true for everybody else. And that happened to be one of the many stories. So how did you get that story to stick? So, I mean, you were in the habit of telling yourself this other story, uh, and I'm assuming it was a very comfortable story, a story that you were very used to. And and so when you switch to a different story that, that contradicted the other one, how did you get yourself to believe it? How did you get it to stick around? So when we when we have a story in our mind, we find comfort in that story. It's like, I mean, I, I feel that's that's my most comfortable place. I don't have an MBA, and so I will take whatever is given to me as the standard and I will just live by it. But when you take out that story and replace it with a new story, it is not just a physical act of replacing a story. It is also painting the picture of your life that lives around you. You start changing the life around you. You said, you know what, I'm no longer going to find comfort in the story that I used to believe in. It's a new story. So I'm going to go out and tell the world that I'm a new person. I'm going to uh, remove all the blockers everything that impeded me, that stopped me from moving forward. So I painted a picture around me, on myself, around myself, and started telling people, I'm a new person. Of course, not in that many words, but in the way I acted, the way I communicated, the way I walked and talked. So it has to align. The whole thing has to align. Your story has to align with the reality that is around you. Like for an example, when I write my resume, I no longer focused on the part that said what I have studied. It didn't have to focus on that. Instead, it focused on what I did and where I have succeeded in my corporate career in spite of not having an MBA. 
So the painting a picture, telling people who you are and not who, who you are not, because most of us focus on who we are not rather than who we are. How do we turn that around? And, and I think you've touched on it a little bit, but I mean, that, that's a big switch from everything that I'm not to what are these things that, that I am and, and truly believe that I am. So like, for example, I, I have, a, I have a, one of my coaching clients is, is, a, is a lady, woman executive, uh, who I've been coaching for a few years now. now. Every time and time again, she comes back to say, you know what? I suck at doing this. I'm not good at doing this. I'm not good at doing that. Now, I have to continually remind her what she is good at. Yes, if you ask me to do a brain surgery, I'm never going to be good at it because I was never formally trained for it. Ask me to do rocket science, I'm never going to be good at it. But what I do know very well is I can give a good speech. I can go to good, conduct a good workshop better than anybody else that I know. I can tell a good story in about 90 seconds. I can do so many things. So I always tell her, focus on the things that you know. Things that you don't know, there is always going to be a very long list. And if that list is important enough, we will get to that list. But today, for you to succeed, for you to be in high spirits, you need to focus on what you are good at. So the continual refocusing, because it is very natural to fall back into your old life, into your old story. And there is nothing wrong with it because that is how we are wired. We are human beings. We seek comfort in things that we know, Brock. So the continual refocusing, the continual reminder of who we are as opposed to who we are not. It's very simple. Just keep reminding. I mean, it, 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 it could be as simple as having a, a rubber band around your left wrist and kind of twitching it every once in a while to remind who you are. If that is your prompt, so be it. So, so let's talk about um, speaking. Now, how do you, so, I mean, because you went from, I, I want to be a speaker to studying the experts and then embarking on the speaking career. Um, and, and I know, you know, I, I, on your website, it, it mentions that, you know, you bring in techniques from, from theater, from martial arts, from positive psychology, from neurosciences. Um, you know, that's just such a wide range of things. How do you bring all that together when you're conducting a, a speech or a workshop? So very simple answer is by being observant. Like for an example, let me take one specific example. What do I bring from the theater? Now, here is the, from the, 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 the one group of people from whom I have learned the most when it, when it comes to speaking or training are actors. They do it for a living every single waking day. They have to put on a good show if they have to be in the market, I mean, one day they slip up and that will be the last day of their career. So who better to learn from? So I started observing and studying them, how they spoke, how they paused, how they gestured, how they moved their hands, their facial expressions, how they looked, where they look, and how do they react when there is a disturbance in their environment? Do they get disturbed? Do they get distracted? So the more I learned about them, the more I had a respect and reverence for that um, profession. So I borrowed a number of different techniques from the theater, from people who act, and I have incorporated them into my uh, speaking and training and even coaching for that matter. 
So the short answer, Brock, is by being observant, by being by observing what people do. Like I told you, you you mentioned positive psychology. What do we learn from positive psychology as opposed to all other psychology in the world? Most psychology focuses on the negative things. Positive psychology says you can continue for the rest of your life to be good at what you are not good at or focus on things that you are really good at and do more of it. So I borrow those techniques and I use it in my coaching sessions. So those are just two examples, but there are several more. Sure. Well, we, we, we actually, we've been talking about storytelling on a couple of different levels. You know, one is the, the stories that we tell ourselves. But the other level that you mentioned is just as a way of, you know, human communication. And, you know, so I love the example that, that we gossip in stories, you know, we're hardwired for it. So, but you also mentioned that, you know, in the corporate world, we kind of, I don't know, put put that innate ability on the shelf and you know, we we don't do it and we fall out of practice. So how can anyone tell a good story? So by realizing that storytelling is an art form and much like any other art form, you got to go learn to tell a good story. Now, we are born storytellers. Now, that doesn't mean that we are good storytellers. Like this is an example I always tell people. Now, I can ask anybody to say, hey, tell me tell me about your uh, the most vivid incident from your school days. I'm sure each of us have one incident that happened in our school days that sticks out uh, better, brighter than anything else. Now, anybody can tell a story if I give them an hour to tell a story. They will give you every colorful detail that goes with the story. But then in the corporate world, who has an hour to listen to your story? Especially if you are in a meeting or if you're presenting something to your boss and your boss's boss. The best thing is you should be able to tell a story in about 90 seconds and still keep their interest and have them wanting more. So much like any other art, people have to realize a good storytelling is something that you learn. How do you tell a good story in 90 seconds? There are so many techniques that make it possible, but most all of it had to be learned. So, and it may be too big of a conversation for for this show, but what are some of those techniques that we can learn to get a good story down to just a minute and a half or so? Absolutely. Um, um, you, you can, you can, we can keep talking for the next two days about this, but let me be uh, short and crisp about it. Now, the first thing I tell people is, what matters to a story? What can you remove from a story that will not impact the core story itself? So remove as much as of the fluff as possible. I mean, I call the difference between the noise and the music. Because when we communicate, when there is no time limit, we communicate with a lot of fluff, a lot of subject, a lot of, lot of details that do not add any value to the core story. So as part of my teaching, my training, I tell people, what fluff from your story can you safely remove without impacting the quality of your story? And that is the first thing that people have to learn, the noise and the music. Leave the music in, remove all the noise. The second thing that people have to learn is how do you structure a story? Because any, any you can take the most mundane life event and you can structure it in a way that it will capture the attention of any audience. 
as opposed to you can take the most interesting story and you can say it in the most uninteresting or boring way possible that people will fall asleep. So what you need is a good structure. And the third thing is how you articulate your story. What nonverbal communication can go with it to embellish the story, to make it even more interesting. So I would say those are the top three things. There are, there are a hundred more techniques, but then they, will, they can all be boiled down into these three. You've already given some examples like, you know, when we communicate with our boss or our boss's boss, um, where are some other areas in life where storytelling and being able to do it crisply and concisely uh, work to our advantage? Uh, I would say uh, pretty much any any area can is ripe for storytelling. And I will take three cases. I could tell you 10, but I will tell you take three. Number one, leaders. Let's say you are a, a vice president of engineering and you have about 200 people reporting up to you. Now, those 200 people are asking, why do I have to report to you? What in you qualifies you that I should put my trust and faith and confidence in you? Most often, people lead with their title. The VP says, I'm the VP, so you better follow me. Otherwise, you are not going to get your bonus or your pay raise. So most often, people follow people because of their title. But the right way is, if I can tell people who I am, what I am made of, what made me come all this way to make it into a vice president of engineering, I want people to see me. So a leader has to be able to tell a good story. And that is what I call leadership storytelling. Every leader has to be able to tell a really good story, which will make people see that here is a person who is true to what he says. He has been through a path that has taken through ups and downs and makes it worthy to follow him. And the second example I always tell people is data. Like for an example, most people would show a PowerPoint presentation, slide after slide after slide filled with numbers. They pack in 50, 100 numbers into one slide and the audience is sitting there and screaming, tell me, where do you want me to look? So my point is, how can you tell a story with all those numbers? How do you make data come alive? And that's what I mean by how do you tell a good story with your data? The third thing I always tell people is storytelling for salespeople, because most often sales is always done based upon the, the features and the functions of the, the product that the salesperson believes in. Like for an example, if the person selling a product is saying, um, uh, my product has, there are, there are 20 features and 20 functionalities, and that is the reason why you should buy it. And the person, the client, the customer sitting on the other end is saying, oh, awesome, but your competitor has almost the same functions, almost the same features. So tell me one good reason why I should choose you as opposed to your competitor, who is in any case 20% cheaper than your product. So those are the three instances, Brock. Leadership, leaders need to tell a good story. People who have to present and show data have to be able to tell a good story. Salespeople have to tell a good story. I mean, of course, I can extend this analogy to so many other professions, but these would be my top three. So when, when you're working with people as a coach, you mentioned you do coaching. What are the uh, typical themes people are seeking help with? So <clears throat> this, this is, uh, people come to me for a number of different reasons. And 
I, I had one one person come to me for uh, the the. They said, "I've been I've been in this position for over fifteen years. I've never been able to go up. Please help me." And they came to me for career help. And there is one other person who came to me, or the company came to me rather to say, "This person has been with us for twelve years. He has been a great employee, but off late." He hasn't been able to get along with the rest of his team. They are about to send him away. Will you please coach him so that we don't have to let him go? Or a third person came to me. This person uh, has has an has an issue with this. This person is a very vibrant, very 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 um, uh, full of spirit and very enthusiastic, always bubbly, always cheery kind of a person. but the world did not perceive this person to be authentic or true to self they always thought here is somebody who is a lot of fluff always bubbly cheery that person cannot deliver so my job was to work with that person and say it's great that you have a good spirit but then it has to be delivered in a way that the world will understand the world will take it so people come for a variety of different reasons brock it could be career it could be uh, uh, salary it could be change of a career or it could be uh, the 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 their motivation or some people don't have enough confidence it could be a variety of reasons and so wide wide range of reasons and and I'm I'm guessing that storytelling connects in here so, somewhere because you know some of what you're talking about was even just how we're, how we're presenting ourselves uh, across some of those themes um How, how do you what what's the best way to help people get out of their own way? I always think of that as kind of an ongoing theme of this podcast. You know, just most people know what to do, but it's been said that few people, you know, don't do what they know. And so if we know what to do, how how do we how do we help ourselves get out of our own way? So uh, and I I think I, I I can hear two questions there. Where does the story tie in and two how do we help people get out of their own way the first thing when i coach it's all about stories now i don't tell people i'm going to tell you a story or i'm going to teach you a story but what i do tell them is tell me your story what brought you here if you think you're not able to get ahead in your career let me hear why so what brought you to this place in the very first place why are you here so i hear their story and through a methodical process i find out why they are here and then i replace the old story with a good story with a new story so that's the uh, the 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 first thing that i um, do the second thing so the, the second part of your question will you will you repeat it again for me rock well you, i think you may have even touched on it there it was just you know how do we how do we help people get out of our own their own way whether that's helping others or probably more importantly just helping ourselves yeah so it's essentially finding what is causing them to block their own way so when interestingly enough in in the case of coaching like for an example today i can go coach a ceo of any fortune 50 company it is not because um i have an experience because i i i don't have the experience of a ceo of a fortune 50 company but even then i still say i can go coach anybody for the simple reason coaching is very simple coaching presumes already presumes that the coachee has all the answers inside him or her 
And my job as a coach is to bring out what is already there inside. So most people already have the answers. It is not that they come to me because they don't have the answers or because I have more answers than they do. I don't. I just don't have any answers for anybody. But what I specialize in is to be able to clear the cloud, to clear the cobwebs, to clear all the things that are stopping them from truly becoming who they are. So I take them through a process of questioning. I tell them, hey, why why did, why did this happen? Why did you react this way? Was there another way? Could you have done this way? So through a process, what we call a guided discovery process, that's what we call it, a guided discovery process. Through a guided discovery process, we tell, we teach people to figure out the answers all for themselves. And therein lies a very profound truth, Rock. Because when I give them answers, it will forever be my answers. It will not be their answers. As opposed to when I help them figure out the answers themselves through this guided discovery process, it will be their answers. And when people answer it themselves, when people find their own truth, they have a bigger, higher motivation to stick to it, to go and do it. They develop the discipline because after all, they realized it themselves. I did not give them the answer. So that is how I figure I help people get out of their own way by helping them figure it out through a guided discovery process. Well, we have covered a lot of ground here, Joseph. And um, but but I've I've got to ask. I mean, you, you mentioned we could talk about a lot of this stuff for you know days. Um, there, there's so much here. Is there anything that that I haven't asked you that would be important to cover before we wrap up today? You, you touched upon a lot of good points, and I, I clearly cannot um, think of anything anything more uh, that we could have asked. Of course, we can we can keep talking about it for a long time, but I, I would focus on I would focus on the the need to tell stories. I really really want people to believe that it is okay to tell stories, even in a corporate environment, as long as you are going to stick to the boundaries as long as you realize how to tell a good story, as long as we can do that, I think we can replace facts and figures and numbers and charts and statistics with stories because numbers connect with the head, stories connect with the heart. And it's time we spoke with our hearts than with our heads. And that's that's, that's what I would love to be able to uh, uh, reinforce and underline in, in, in any context, Brock. Well, beautiful. Um, love it. You know, the, the, that connection to, to speaking with the heart, it, it is, I think, for, for many of us, so much easier to speak with our heads and so much less impactful. Um, you know, so, so much more impactful if we can talk from from that emotion that, I mean, I'm just re-saying what you already said, but um, I guess driving the message home for myself as well. So where can people find you? So uh, my website, my, my full name.com, josephprabakar.com or powercommunication.com, uh, they can find me in both these places and it's easy and I'm available on pretty much uh, every social media there is, LinkedIn and Facebook and, and, and every place. So And of course, uh, it's very simple. My first initial last name 
is all you need. It could be joeprabhakar.com or it could be powercommunication.com. Excellent. Well, my, you know, my, my traditional last question here is you do a lot to help people. How can the listeners help you out, Joseph? What, what would your ask be of them? Thank you. And uh, very generous of you to ask that, Brock. And uh, uh, there are two things. One is uh, what I can, uh, how I can be helped. The other one is uh, how, what I would love for them to do is to go tell a good story. Learn to tell a good story and tell a good story. And the next time you have a need to learn to tell a good story, just remember to call me. Remember to reach out to me because I can, uh, honestly, because I've, I've put in a lot of time and effort and honed the craft of telling a good story. And I would love to be able to teach that to uh, more and more people. It could be leaders, it could be uh, salespeople, it could be uh, insurance agents, it could be anybody. If you can learn to tell a good story, you'll be able to connect with anybody um, anytime. And so the next time you will have to tell a good story and you're thinking, where do I go and learn? I would uh, uh, wish my name comes to their mind. Very good. Well, we will just wrap up right there, Joseph. It has been fantastic having you on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brock, and thank you for having me. Just a little, just a little